remain standing, please take your Bibles this, this evening and uh, go with me to the, the book of Psalms again. Psalm, I'm sorry, don't go to the book of Psalms. I don't know why I turned there. Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. We'll go down to verse number 22. Hebrews chapter 10. Verse number 22, boy, I almost preached my message this morning over again. No, I didn't. I, don't, well, I, I, ha, I stuck my notes in that same page. But uh, here we go. Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 22, we'll read 22 through 25. I'll read verse 22. You join me on verse 23, down through verse number 25. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having a heart sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as ye see the day approaching. Notice verse number 24, and let us consider one another to provoke unto love, into good works. Simple title for my message is this, provoke, provoke, interesting word. Let's ask the Lord to help us now. Father, thank you again for this time this evening. I pray you would bless and speak to our hearts and Lord that we have an understanding of what you're trying to show us here in the word of God this evening. And uh, Lord, I, I, I pray that, you, that our hearts would be open and tender, that we would be willing to do whatever you say, what you want for us in our lives. Father, I pray that you're uh, the Spirit of God might speak to us. I pray if there's somebody here not sure of salvation, tonight would be the day of their salvation. But for every Christian, Lord, I pray that we'll walk away from here a little closer to you than we were when we came. And we'll thank you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I'll be honest with you, when I think of that word provoke, I don't think of it about love and good works. The word provoke, to me, has a different idea. Uh, when the Lord said to provoke someone to this, I understand the Bible's right, but when I think of provoke, I'm, I'm thinking, uh, uh, and again, if, I, if you said he provoked me, I would probably say, I don't think that means he made me love him or didn't make me do good works. If, I, if, if, you say, if I heard someone say, he provoked me, I'm probably thinking, he probably got punched in the nose. Wouldn't you? Am I looking at it different? I, I, th I think that's the way we look at the word provoke. In fact, when I look, uh, look the word provoke up in the Bible, uh, it's, or in the Bible, in the dictionary, and one of the first words that it says there, it says to incite. To incite. You know, a lot of, a lot of um, uh, riots have been incited by someone who has had speech that provoked it. They began talking about things, and all of a sudden, what happens? People get all upset, and they get all worked up. They were provoked to do something, and then a riot takes place. And that's kind of my thinking when I think of the word provoke, that it, it, it kind of has this idea of something bad. Uh, I know when, when my brother and I would sometimes fight, uh, you know, uh, my, my mom would say, what, what happened here? And I, I'd say to my mom, I said, well, my brother started it. Now, what I meant was this, and I guess I wasn't smart enough to know the word provoke, but this is what I meant. He provoked me to do this. 
And uh, my brother used to, and I, I think I've, I know I've told it, but my brother used to always do this, and he'd get mad at me, go, go, go ahead, right there, right there. And he knew it that I punched him. I was in trouble. And uh, I didn't want to get in trouble, but he'd always go, go on, right there, right there. And my mom, I would, I would go to my mom and say, Mom, he is, he is, and again, provoking me. And so my mom one day said this, and I don't know if it's the best way of, of, of parenting, but I loved it. And she said this, next time he does it, punch him. What a great mom, amen? She said, just let me, and, and she told him, she said, Tim, next time you do it, he has my permission to punch you. And so one day, he had a little tray of stuff, and he was going to go into the other room with it. And uh, he was holding that tray, and I don't know what happened, but he did that again. He set the tray down on the table, and he goes, go on, right there, right there, right there. I dare you, I dare you. <laughs> and I did. I mean, he starts bawling, you know, and he goes around, Mama, Mark, Mark punched me. And then my mom, she forgot about what she had said. I was never going to forget what she said, that I had the permission to punch him. And so I, I, I said, you know, he, he provoked me. He, he made me do it, Mom. He did that again. He kept doing it like this. That's my idea of it. I remember as a kid with the last name Biter. Do you think I ever got teased? All the time. It was always bitter biter, bitter biter. Now, that doesn't sound bad to you, but if you've lived with that all your life, where people would make fun of you and kids would make fun of you, you know, when you carry around a name that probably only ought to be a dog's name, amen? And, uh, uh, in fact, my, my, my brother went to uh, uh, Michigan to, uh, uh, to, a, uh, to uh, candidate as an assistant pastor. And he got there real early. He got out of the car, and he was in the parking lot. And he was kind of stretching a little bit, and all of a sudden, he heard this, this woman came out of a house right there next to the church, and she goes, bite her. My brother looks like, what in the world? I go, bite her, get in here, bite her, get in here. And she's thinking, he's thinking, what in the world? Who is this? What is, what kind of church is this? And all of a sudden, a dog went running up to the house. And her dog was named Biter. So I put up with that name all my life, and when people would make fun of me about that, listen now, hey, don't talk. I'm talking. All right? And, uh, and so, so uh, when, when, when people would make fun of me, this, this was my problem. I wasn't a bad kid in school, but I never was afraid to fight. And the reason I would fight was because somebody made fun of my name. You know what they did? They provoked me. So I'm telling you right now, you go out of here tonight and call me bitter biter, you may get a bloody nose. <laughs> oh, I won't punch you. I'll pray God's wrath upon you. May the locust come and infest your house, all right? But, uh, but, you know, you know that's, that's the idea I have about provoke. But the word provoke means to, to do this. It means to stir into action. To stir into action. It means this. It means to excite, to stimulate, to get you to do something. You know, uh, you farmers understand about a, co- a cow prod, one of those little electric cow prods. Any of you ever been stung by one of those before? Maybe you have. I've been threatened with it, but it, that, you've never seen a fat guy run like I did when they had one. And uh, they, uh, they had that cow prod, and, and what did they do? They provoke that cow to get up in the, in the trailer. And, and, and so that, that's kind of the idea. Now, now, we look at provoking as something bad, but according to the Word of God, this is not what we're talking about here, but it is something that will... The provoking God's talking about is something that will stir us into action, that will get us to do something, provoke us to, to, and what the Bible says here, provoke unto love and good works. So what we are to do, and this is what he's talking about for us, he said, let us, in verse 24 again, let us consider one another to provoke 
And this is what we're to provoke now, that you and I are to provoke love and good works. In other words, our job is this, to help stir up other people to do these things. Now, we're never going to stir up anyone else unless we do it ourselves. But my question is tonight, are you provoking people to love and good works? Is your life something that is provoking others to obey God's word? Are you provoking others to love uh, like, like God is talking about here? Now, you know, we find the love of God, and, 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 I, and I, I know that there's no way we can love unless we know God. But I, I, I look to the word of God, and I, you know, I think you know, that we as God's people are to be provoking people to love and good works and not to fighting and fussing. You know, sometimes we can be cruel in what we say. We may think we're smart because we come up with a good one, and we give it, and we think we're really something. But the thing is, we're disobedient to God unless we're provoking people to love and good works. Now, I think we all understand our words do matter. Some people don't believe that, but I believe it. I believe the Bible teaches us that, that our words do matter. And, uh, uh, and, 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 and I think, you know, the Bible says the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. This is Romans chapter 5 and verse number 5. Listen to what it says. It says, And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. So we know that we as God's people have that love if we've been saved. If we've been saved, the Holy Ghost lives within us. Amen? All right, are you with me? The Holy Ghost lives within us because we got saved. Now, what does he do? He helps to provoke that love in us. In other words, to get us to love and to do good works. And so I, I, I believe that's, that's what, we're supposed, what we're supposed to do. In fact, when I think about the Holy Spirit living within us, I think about the fruit of the Spirit. And when we talk about the fruit of the Spirit, there's a whole list of things, isn't there? What's the first thing found in the fruit of the Spirit? Love. So I would say there's an order. I, I believe they're all important, but I, I, I just, I'm, I'm kind of suspicious that maybe love is the first impo most important thing. Because if we have that love for God and love for others, we'll have no problem with the rest of the part of that fruit. So that's the most important specific one, love. It talks about love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, good, goodness, and faith, and, and on. And, 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 and I think, you know, that's what God wants to have. That is what we're to provoke people to, that love and good works. But the thing is that love has become, I'm afraid, Christian love has become problematic uh, in our day as we, as we approach the end time. We're living in a time, and again, we know it, but I don't know if it really clicked in our heads. We're living in a time it's close to the coming of the Lord. You know, I, I tell you what, if you're ever thinking about getting right with God, you ought to think about it tonight. I was thinking about it. The Lord is coming soon, and, and, and it won't be long, and I, I look forward to that. But the sad thing is that as we know the Lord is coming again, why in the world then are we not provoking people to love and good works? Now, I'm glad we're all in church this evening, but we've got something more than just taking up so much space in a pew. There, we're, we're the, job, the task that is before us is to do some provoking, to help people to love and help people to do those good, good works. And, and, and uh, that's what he's talking about there. But I think, you know, as this time approaches of the, the end time, it makes me stop and realize, you know, we have a problem today. In fact, listen to this verse, Matthew 24, 12. And because iniquity shall abound, all right? And iniquity shall abound. Let, let's, let's stop right there. Is iniquity abounding in our world today? Boy, it sure is. 
What's the last part of the verse say? And the love of many shall wax cold. As iniquity abounds, the love of many wax cold. You know what will keep us from provoking people to love and good works? Sin. Sin. You know, it's a sad thing what we could do if we get the sin taken care of in our lives. Love's waxing cold when it should be doing something else. It ought to be provoked. I was thinking, you know, in these last days, less and less people assemble together. Less and less have charity or love. And less and less are willing to do the work of the Lord. You know, I'm so willing to find this. Many times I'll ask people, you know, do you go to church anywhere? And they'll say yes. And one of the things I like to say to people is this. A lot of people don't go to church anymore. And you know what? I, I don't have, I've never had anyone disagree with me on that. Especially since the, the pandemic. Amen? The pandemic. All of a sudden, a lot of people got out of church. And I mean, thank the Lord that, you know, they live stream some services. But let me say this. Live stream does not take the place of going to church. Don't ever, don't ever forget that. I'm not against it. We don't do it. We don't do live stream. And uh, I believe this. You say, well, you can reach more people. I understand that too. But I, I believe this. There's a lot of folks staying at home, and they say they watch the live stream while they're eating potato chips, while they're playing around, the kids are running around. Now stop now, and preachers preach away. That's why I want you to all listen. Because of something we need. We, 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 you know, I, I believe we're less and less assembling together. A lot of churches, I, uh, I, was, I, was, I was talking to someone not long ago. They went to a church, and the church was a good church. The, guy, the pastor was a pastor that came from the same college I came from. And all of a sudden, the pandemic came, and they began to live stream. Well, everybody felt comfortable because all the folks, and this is the thing, preachers are so, uh, uh, so uh, compromising today. Well, as long as the people are sending in their tithe, it'll be all right. That does not, I believe you, if you can't be there, you ought to send in your tithe, but that's not what it's all about. It's about assembling ourselves together. We just read that in the book of Hebrews. And, 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 and I thought, you know, how sad it is that as, as we go along, the pandemic came along, we began to stay at home, began to, and, and, and here's the thing. I, I, I heard about this one church, big church. They just all, just recently have started going back to church on Sunday mornings. They were a church that had Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, and had soul winning. Now they're finally back, after all these years, to a Sunday morning. Let me tell you something, folks, that, 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 that they are di- they're disobeying the word of God. And I'll say this, the preaching of God's word ought to provoke us. The coming to church ought to provoke us to uh, get others to love and to do good works. We read in Revelation, Revelation 2, 4, says, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee. Well, what's the problem? Because thou hast left thy first love. Because thou hast left thy first love. You know, church is not a country club. It's not something we just come and join up and just to be a part of. It's not a place we come to draw pictures while the preaching's going on. Church is a place where we come and learn the word of God. It's, it's something important, but the fact, the fact of the matter is we lose our first love. We're more in love with, 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 with everything else rather than the things of God. And when I read Revelation 2.4, it's talking about the apostolic age. 
of the church. You know, this was a time before all the things that are happening today. I mean, you, you mean, I mean, I mean, you, you, I think a lot of the a lot of the apostles would have been really shocked at what's happened to the church in the, in our day. And say, well, yeah, and people we ran across somebody the other the other day. So many said that yet yeah, they don't understand that people say they can't, they don't want to go to church because they're afraid of the virus. But they go to Walmart. Oh, but you know, Walmart doesn't have virus. Yeah, you catch cooties there, but you won't catch the virus. Well, we're just afraid of that. No, you know what? We need to not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. They say, well, preacher, you know, we're afraid. No, I think we're backslidden. I think that's what the problem is. But we're, but we're to love what God loves. I believe a child of God, by default, ought to love the things that God loves. I said, preacher, what am I supposed to love? Let's, let's, let's think about it. You love what God loves. That's easy, isn't it? You, you boys on the front row, you get that one? Yeah. They get it. They can get it. Anybody can. <laughs> you just love what God loves. That's easy. The Bible said, but here's our problem. 1 John 2.15 says, love not the world. Well, there's our problem, isn't it? We just love the world. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. So we're so in love with the world, I can't go to church. Why? Because I'm so in love with the world. I can't, I can't, I can't follow God's teaching because I'm so involved with the world. I love the world. That's what they're saying. But as the love of the Christian leans more towards the world, it leans farther and farther away from the things of God. And I believe there's some things that are vitally important to the child of God. I hold some, some things very dear in my life. Don't you? Sure. And I think as a Christian, there's some things that, 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 that we, we hold dear in our lives and important to us as a child of God. But here's the thing. You know what we as God's people hold dear in our life is something that Satan is attacking. Satan, think about it. Do you love your family? Provoke them to love and good works. Why? Satan hates them. Satan wants our children Satan wants our kids to, to lay out of church. And a lot of churches have helped us along. Instead of had the kids being in church, they played volleyball on Wednesday nights. And the little kids, I mean, I understand, little kids, they, their attention span's not as long as an adult's attention span. But if they can sit in school, they can sit in church, I believe. They can. There's proof of it in this room here right now. But I, I, I think, you know, that which we love, which we hold dear, and I believe our families are something dear, and you think about this, they're the only thing we can take to heaven with us. And I thought, you know, I need to love what God loves, but know this, that Satan is against those things, and, 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 and he wants to destroy. And so I think about my, my family, but I think, you know, what else is so important? Church. You say, my job. I believe Church. You say, preacher, you say that because you're a pastor. No, I say it because I believe the Bible. My Bible doesn't tell me to forsake the, don't forsake the assembling of your job. It's talking about the assembling of ourselves together in church. Now, I'm not saying now, don't all of you call in from, to work tomorrow and say, I'm not coming in because my preacher said it's not important. I will tell them right now. I'm going to tell you, tell you what I'll tell them. I'll tell them I don't know what you're talking about. 
I believe a job's important, but it's not as important as church. Amen. And I thought, you know what we need to be doing? We need to be loving what God loves. Such a great falling away from church in these days, and yet, you know what we ought to be wanting? To be around those things and those people that God loves. That's it. That's a good, that's a good thing to do, you see. Here's what we need to do. Provoke each other. You and me, and I believe this will help us, to love church. Again, you say, well, it's because you're a pastor. No, it's because I believe that's what the Bible wants us. You think about this. You know what brings us together tonight? The Lord Jesus Christ and church. Right? Brings us together. Church brings us together. We come together. We're, we're tonight, we're doing what verse 25 said, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. But here's the thing. We've, we've, we've come here together. But what we got, we're, we're to do the rest of the part of that verse too. Exhorting one another. Uh, exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. So there is the task that is before us. Someone said this, jotted it down, listen to this. If we do not love the church right, we will not love the brethren right. If we do not love the church and brethren right, we will not assemble and labor right. Great truth to that, isn't it? If it let's do it again. If we do not love the church right, then we'll not love the brethren right. If we do not love the church and the brethren right, we will, we will not assemble and labor right. You know, you know one, of the, one of the important things about going to church is because of those sitting next to you. It's encouraging to have people in pews. I'll be honest with you. That front pew does me more good than that front pew. I must say that is a better looking pew right now than this pew over here. But you know what? You know, blessed my heart, watching four boys sit here and listen. I appreciate you paying attention to me. Okay, everyone's got a Bible in their laps right now. Now, two of them are upside down. They don't know, but uh, they've got Bibles in their lap right now. They're paying attention, listening to me. That provokes me. That that makes my evening here. But if I was to look at this pew right here, and all, and I'm preaching this one empty pew, that doesn't bless me. You see, us coming to church is a good thing. But then as we come to church, we provoke each other. You're saying amen provokes me. You're shaking your head, rattle, rattle, like in Bible school, amen. When you shake your head, that provokes me. When I preach, I know this too, when I preach the truth, it provokes you. It provokes us when we see each other. When I watch you walk in the room and we see our friends and, and, and families all gathering together, it provokes us. I thought of several things. One is this, we should love the local church because God loves it. So preacher, why should I love church? Because God loves church. Ephesians 5.25 says, husbands, love your wives. That's a good thing. It's good for you ladies, isn't it? It's good for us fellows, too. You marry a woman because you're in love with her. You don't marry her because how much money she has, but if she has lots of money, bless your heart. What happened? The Bible, the Bible says here that husbands love your wives, but here, here's the thing. Even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Now, that tells me this, that I need to love my wife a whole lot. So that means if she burns supper, I still love her. 
Come on. If, if I don't have two, if I have one blue sock rolled up with a gray sock, I still love her. Well, not as much on that one there. You can handle a burnt meal, but not two socks put together right, huh? But you know what? <laughs> you ever done that? I sat up here one time in church, and I crossed my legs, and I thought, boy, I thought for sure I wore black socks. And I crossed to the other leg, and I thought, well, I did. <laughs> Blue and a black one, hey, man. That's all right. As long as I had them on, that's why I'm going to start wearing nylons. They're both hooked together, and you get the same one, amen. <laughs> Poke your mind's eye out right now, amen. We all love the church. Why? Because Christ also, hey, i got to sit down and wait a minute for you to get past that one, right? But we all love the church because Christ loved the church. But here's what he did. He gave himself for it. <laughs> he gave himself for it. You know, when we got married, didn't we give ourselves to each other? When my wife walked down that aisle, she gave herself to me. I gave myself to her. And we said something. Till death do us part. And I've reminded her that many a times. And I said, you know, but never mind. But you know, we give ourselves to each other. You know, this is what God's talking about here. We ought to love the church like we love our wife. We give ourselves to it. We're there for it. You know, we should love the local church because it's God's house of worship. Psalm 5, 7 says, but as for me, I will come into the house of the in the multitude of thy mercy and in thy fear will I worship toward the holy temple. Now, I understand we don't call it the worship service, although worship does go on. This is not a formal thing that we come here as worship. I believe worship is something where we fall on our face before God and we, 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 we come and it's just you and I or just us with God. That's that, really that worship there. But really, it is a worship time when we come to church. I know that God doesn't live here. This is a place dedicated unto God. And I said this morning, this building doesn't belong to us. It's Lord's. It really does. It doesn't say on the, on the uh, 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 what was it, the, the mortgage, there's no mortgage, on the uh, deed. It doesn't say on the deed that God's the owner. But he is. This is God's place. That's why I believe we ought to take care of it. It's God's. Don't abuse it. Don't go, hurt, don't go tearing it up. It's God's. Teach our children that, too. This is God's house. Well, God doesn't live here. Thank the Lord the Spirit of God lives within us and we got saved. It's a place that God's provided for us. But what did he provide it for us for? To gather together. To gather together. A place where we fellowship. A place where we learn. A place to be convicted. A place to be blessed. And a place to be comforted. And we found all those things in church, haven't we? Amen. Three of us have. We find those things in church. How many times have we come to a funeral and found comfort? How many times you lost a loved one, you came to church, you found some comfort, you found some help? How many times you come to church and you got blessed? And, and wasn't a blessing having a man that got saved on Saturday come on Sunday to church? Oh, how blessed. I, you, weren't my, you, weren't, you that were not my Sunday school class, I'm teaching Sunday school, and I looked out in the, in the parking lot, and there that man come walking across the parking lot. I was so excited. I told my wife, I, I want, and you folks in here know I lost my, my train of thought, which is not hard to do, but I was so excited about it. And I even said, I said, the man that got saved is walking in the parking lot. And, uh, and I'm thinking, boy, thank the Lord he came in. And I was excited about that, and I thought, you know, thank the Lord we get blessed. 
And when the man walked out, I said, boy, I'm really glad to have you today in the service. He said, he said that was a really good sermon. I enjoyed that. And, and he, he, he was from a, like a, a Moravian church. It's kind of almost, it's Anglican, like almost Catholic. And uh, thank the Lord he's got Jesus now. Amen. And uh, he said, I said, you come back. And he said, I will. And I believe him because he told me yesterday, I will come to church Sunday morning. I believe he will come back again. If he doesn't, I know where he lives. <laughs> we should love the local church because it's where God's word's taught and preached. 1 Timothy 3.15 says, But if I tarry long, that which may, uh, thou mayest know how thou oughtest behave thyself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. I'm glad we come to church and hear the truth. Uh, you know what? This past weekend, there was Obama. There was Clinton. There was, there was uh, who's the guy in there now? Uh, Biden. And even Trump were out there kicking things up. You know what? None of them said anything as important as what we've been talking about today. Nothing more important came went on than what happened. You know, you know, you know Fox News and WTAJ and all the rest of them were not out in our parking lot to see what was going on. But they were at all those things. They even went and saw Fetterman, and that's scary. But you know what? More important than whatever's going on out there is what's going on in the house of God. This is what will change lives. When we come here, we provoke one another to love and good works. I'm glad we have the word of God and it's preached and taught. And I'm glad that others come to hear the preaching and the teaching of the word of God. That's one of the exciting things. I'm glad you're here, but I'm glad to see you want to be here. And I didn't see anybody tied up and brought in and, and thrown down on a pew. You all came on your own will, didn't you? I saw little kids sometimes being carried, but I think that was just because they were tired of walking. Do you know how great it is to know there's God's people who want to come to church? That just thrills my heart. We should love the local church because it's where God's children gather. Turn with me to Psalm 55. I was going to read it, but I want, you to, I want you to see this verse. Maybe you want to mark it in your Bible. Psalm number 55. Psalm number 55. Go to verse number 14. I, I just, I, I come across this verse and just love it. Look what it says, verse 14, you got it? It says, we took sweet counsel together. Isn't it wonderful to get good counsel? But think about it, sweet counsel. Did you notice the word together? That's what we're doing tonight. We took sweet counsel together and walked unto the house of who? God. Notice this, in company. In company. That means we all came together. Isn't that a good verse? I just, I think that's wonderful. We took sweet counsel together and walked unto the house of God in company. And I'm thinking about in company as all together. But you know, in company, military, Seth, you know about this. The company, what's that mean? They all get together. They march together. That's what we're to do. Provoke one another to love and good works. Marching together. A lot of times I'm in this building by myself. And I'm, I'm always thrilled to be able to be in this building. And I love this place, and it's sweet to know that the Lord is here too. You know, when I'm here, the Lord's here. When you're here, the Lord's here. When you're at home, the Lord's there too. I'm glad he's always with us. But I, enjoy, I know when I come into this church and I walk around here and I do the things that I have to do, and, and, I, and I know the Lord's here. 
But how great is it when we come together and the Lord's here to be with God's people. You know, this is a wonderful thing about sharing. Amen. You know, coming up soon is Thanksgiving. Oh, isn't that a neat time of the year? Thanksgiving. Families get together. Food. Turkey. Potato salad, sweet potatoes. Stuffing. Everything. What's it? Cran- I was trying to think of that recipe. Cranberry sauce. Doesn't make you hungry thinking about it. You're right now going, preacher, just say amen, let's go home. Uh, but I, look, I looked all that, you know, I think, boy, how, how wonderful that, 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 that's going, going to be and when, we, when we all, when we, get, we get to, when we have that big meal. But you know what the wonderful thing about it is? When we gather together. I'll be honest with you, I could enjoy probably turkey and stuffing and all that on a ta- at a table by myself. But isn't it better when everybody's there? Some of you are saying, you don't know my family, Pastor. <laughs> well, thank the Lord they're in jail. They can't come to be with you. But, but you know, I mean, th- thank the Lord. Isn't it, isn't it great to have that family? Some of you are looking like, you know what I'm talking about. It is great. See how great it is. Yeah, you could pray by yourself somewhere. You could, you could hold, you can, you, can, you can go and preach in the woods all by yourself. But how wonderful it is to be with family. We came in company. We're to provoke each other when we come together, not to anger and strife, but to love and peace. I know we're not a perfect people. We're so flawed. Sometimes we get our feelings hurt. Hmm? But we're not to provoke bad feelings. We're to provoke love and good works. That's what we're to provoke. Nothing worse than a family that doesn't get along. And at God's house, we ought to get along. Amen. Amen. We should love the church because it's a place where sinners are sought and loved and welcomed. And loved and welcomed. Luke 14, 23 says, And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out in the highways and hedges and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. I think it's been good the last two weeks to have a bunch of visitors. Amen. I, I stopped talking to the Mr. Nicodemus came here, had his wife, was in a wheelchair. We went up to the house, talked to him, and, and, and he was so good. I mean, when he opened the door, you could see it in his face, couldn't you, Dave? He was happy we're there. Not because Dave was there, but I was there. He had a sign because his wife's very sickly, and he had a sign that said, no visitors on the front door there. And I, I thought, well, that don't mean the preacher. He answered the door, uh, side door, and I said, hey, is that sign for preachers? He goes, no, you're always welcome here. And his face, he just beamed. He says, I enjoyed that service so much. He says, you sang the old hymns. I'm like, yes. I'm glad he didn't say, where were your 7-Eleven songs, amen? But he said, you sang the hymns. And I remember as, as, as he sat back there, I watched. He's got his hymnal and his hands going like this. Like, yes, I mean, he's in this singing. And in and, and, and the service there, and, and I could see him shake his head. I thought, boy, praise the Lord for visitors when they come. You know how exciting it was having visitors and how it is. That's play, church is a place where we can invite people to come. You know, it doesn't happen like it did this morning where someone you talk to on Saturday comes. But it made all the other days worth it. 
to run across a man in his yard cleaning up leaves. But he came to church. And I thank the Lord that when they come, we make them feel welcome. Amen. I'm sure that his hand is hurting right now after all the handshakes that he got. But one wonderful thing is to make someone feel welcome. We should love the church because it's God's instrument for world evangelism. Go with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter number 1. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 1. And go to verse number 6. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse number 6. And the Bible says, And ye became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction, with joy of the Holy Ghost, so that ye were examples examples to all that believe in Macedonia and Acacia. For from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only, and I get this, not only in Macedonia and Acacia, but also in every place your faith toward God is spread abroad so that we need not speak anything. You know, we all love the church because it's the instrument of world evangelism. You know, all missionaries are supported by local churches. And I'm telling you, any missionary you go to, what happens? They have local churches that support them. And I thank the Lord. You know, I began to think, what if local churches didn't support missionaries? There'd be so many people dying and going to hell because nobody supports them. I thank the Lord for beaming charity out of our church. And I thank the Lord for the support they're getting. And soon we'll be going to Nepal. And uh, I think of other missionaries on that board back there. You understand, those folks on that board back there are in places that you and I cannot go to. But there they're reaching people because there's local churches that support them. God uses the church. We should love the church because it's where many have been saved. I'm glad Luke chapter 18 talks about that. But many, many times what happens, people come to church. You know where we hear the gospel? You go to church. You know, we always have an invitation and an opportunity for lost people to get saved. Thank the Lord. We also, we should love the church because it's a refuge, it's a shelter, and joy in our times of trials. Psalm 122 verse 1 says this, I was glad. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. You know, I I find that. I find refuge in church. You know, when I'm feeling low, church always does me good. I don't understand when we feel low, we go looking for a low place. No, you go for the high place. That's church. I always find help when I go to church. I'll be honest with you. Now, when I don't feel good, I always feel better when I go to church. There's been many times in the 40 years I felt sick and I felt like maybe I shouldn't be here. And I'd come, and I really didn't feel real good. And come up, and sometimes even have to lean on the pulp a little bit. But I find out this. You know, going to church makes you feel better. And I fall on my face in the parking lot when it's over. But no, you know what you think about it? It just, it just makes you feel better. And, and, and I thought, you know, uh, thank the Lord that, 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 that makes me feel better. I believe also when I come into church, I feel safety. Amen. I mean, I, I understand this. I believe, you know, we've got guys that, that, that guard in here while we're in church. Anybody ever decides to do something mean? Watch out. That's why I always, always, we've said this before. If anybody comes in, tries to be a problem here in this church, duck. I mean that. Get down because there's going to be men. They're going to stand up. And we're going to protect you. 
I want us to feel safe when we come into church. Amen. I mean, the one ought to be scared is the boogeyman that comes in here and tries to cause some harm. But I'll be honest with you this, too. I believe God's going to take care of us, too. That doesn't mean we don't watch out. I think we still need to be on our toes. But I believe this, too. I find a place of refuge in church. That old world out there driving up and down these streets out here, you know what? They can't hurt me. I've got safety here tonight. Safety in, the, in, in church this evening. Uh, it makes me feel better. It brings me safety. And I say this, too. It brings me joy. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart, I said. Down in my heart. I've got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. Down in my heart to stay. And I'm so happy, so very happy. I have the Lacans in my heart. You stick in the mud. I'm very happy. I have the love of Jesus in my heart. Sorry we woke you up. Junior church right now saying, they're having junior church upstairs. The joy. The joy. Coming to church. Now y'all can go home in just a couple minutes. You can sit there like a lump of a log. But we had some joy when we came to church tonight. Psalm 84, verse 1. And I'll be done. What time is it? 9.30. All right. Psalm 84. Some of you right now looking at your watch thinking, man, I said it wrong. Psalm 84, verse 1. I'm not going to tell you how many I'm going to read of this. Just follow along. How amiable, amiable are thy tabernacles, O Lord of hosts. My soul longeth, yea, even fainteth for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh crieth out for the living God. Yea, the sparrow hath found a house, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young, even thine altars. O Lord of hosts, my King and my God, blessed are they that dwell in thy house. They will be still praising thee, Selah. Blessed is a man whose strength is in thee and whose heart are the ways of them, who passing through the valley of Baca make it a well. The rain also filleth the pools. They go from strength to strength. Every one of them in Zion appeareth before God. O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob, Selah. Behold, O God, our shield, and look upon the face of thine anointed, for in for a day in thy courts is better than a thousand. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will be withhold. Will he withhold from them that walk uprightly? O Lord of hosts, blessed is the man that trusteth in thee. You know, it's talking about the house of God. You know, even, even, even the birds are blessed to be able to put its nest around the church. How blessed we are able to come into church. And be under the preaching and the teaching of the word of God. And to be with God's people. You know, I feel sorry for folks who don't go to church. They're missing a lot. I feel sorry for the shut-ins that can't, just cannot. I know there's people who can't get out. I understand that. God knows that too. But I believe when we're able, we ought to be in the house of God. It's kind of like this. 
How come we don't understand that today? I think lost people, Christians, many Christians today, just don't know what they're missing by not coming back on Sunday night. Really? Man, you know, how can we do What someone asked uh, someone the other day, was it Seth? Someone asked you, I said, you go to church two times on Sunday? You should have thrown this in and said, well, actually, it's kind of three times, Sunday school, Sunday morning preaching, Sunday evening. That'll really blow their mind, won't it? Probably say, what a fanatic. Well, ask them how many times they go to the bar in a week. How many TV programs do they watch? They're a lot longer than the preacher preaches. How many football games do they watch? How many baseball games do they watch? You know what? I mean, thank the Lord we're able to go to church. And those folks are missing a lot. I don't understand why some people think they don't need church. And they're missing exactly what they need. The church. And so when we come together, we're to provoke one another unto love and good works. Tonight, that's what I've tried doing. Tonight, you've done that for me. Your participation, your smile, your amens, your being here provokes me. Not like it did in the school days of provoked love and good works. You know why I want to keep on preaching? Because you provoke me to. What a blessing it is to have people saying, yes, preach to us. Tell me the truth. I know I can preach on whatever this Bible says and you will not be offended. Thank the Lord. But here's the thing. All of us need to do this. We can all provoke each other as we come together. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you again for the time this evening. Thank you, Lord, for the word of God. Lord, I pray that we would be a bunch of people that provoke, like your word says, to love and to good works. I pray, that, Father, we'd be an encouragement to others to get busy and do something, that we would love each other. We'd get off our little high horse and our, and our little click and start realizing, you know what, everybody's important. And love, folks. Thank you for what we've learned here tonight. Thank you for the word of God in Hebrews that tells us this. And all these other verses we looked at this evening. With our heads bowed, our eyes closed, maybe you're here this evening, you're not sure of heaven. Oh, you need to be saved. You need to be saved. You really do. I wonder if there'd be anyone here this evening who said, Preacher, if I died right now, I don't know I'd go to heaven. But I'd, I'd really like to know that. Preacher, pray for me. I don't know. Would you slip your hand up, anyone, this evening? Preacher, I don't know. I'm going to heaven, but I'd like to know it. Christian, tonight, you say, Preacher, I know the Lord's my Savior. Well, let me ask you something. I know you're here tonight, and I know that we're here because we believe in Sunday nights, and that's wonderful. But while we're here, let's provoke one another. Let's exhort one another. Let's do what we can to be a blessing to each other, to get other folks provoked love and good works if you're not sure you're saved you come in a moment and we'll show you in the bible how to be saved and maybe god spoke to your heart about something maybe maybe we ought to just really get on our faces before god and say god help me to provoke is what the bible is talking about father bless the invitation now i pray that we would take care of the business that you've laid upon our hearts in jesus name we pray amen